Welcome to the Secrets to Mindful Health podcast. I am your host, Beth Warren. You know how many of us have no idea how to whip up healthy recipes? And the reality is many of us are intimidated by the kitchen. Today, I have an amazing guest that's going to share her tips and tricks for prepping delish foods. Gal Shuhayim is a registered dietitian and recipe developer at somethingnutritiousblog.com with an Instagram of over 228,000 at somethingnutritious. And her goal is to encourage a way of eating that is sustainable, nourishing, and enjoyable. She has an all foods fit approach when it comes to nutrition and that there's no one size fits all diet. So she always encourages her followers to find a way of eating that works for them. Welcome, Gal. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. I've known you for a very long time. We should tell our listeners. Um, introduce yourself, though, to them. Tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to blow up in this Instagram craze with just like the yummiest recipes ever. Thank you. So I'm a registered dietitian. I have been for the past five years, which is crazy. Um, and I have a food blog where I share simple, healthy recipes, which are approachable. And my goal is to really, um, inspire people to get in the kitchen and get creative and get cooking. And I have an Instagram and a TikTok where I share content creation and videos and just super simple, approachable recipes for every day. Yeah. And it seems so organic to you and natural. And I'm wondering how we could help readers develop this familiarity in the kitchen and how they could become something like you to an extent? Yeah, I think with anything, it's exposure. So mm -hmm. if you're someone who's like scared to get in the kitchen or scared of a few of newer ingredients, really challenge yourself. Um, back when I worked with clients, I always suggested go to the grocery store with your list of things you need and then challenge yourself with like one or two new ingredients that you've never cooked with before. And then, you know, maybe you've seen them trending on Instagram or you saw like your favorite food, blo food blogger using them um, and try out a recipe with that and get more comfortable with it. And be creative. Um, it's hard to do that with baking because baking is such a science, but with cooking, you can kind of like adjust as you go, as I'm sure you know as well. Um, so you really can't go wrong with adding your spin on things. And I think that's also huge in the food blogging world is, you know, you have set recipes that you see everyone making, but you kind of put your personal touch on it. And that's also what helps you grow. I think that's so true. And I'm also very much into mixology. And I've been trying to get even more into it. And speaking to actual mixologists, they're telling me the basics are what they are. You got to just keep practicing and have your creative spin on it. And it seems like such a consistent messaging when it comes to even baking and cooking, because baking is a science. There's this element, that element, that element. But you know, then you throw in apples because you just wanted to and you adjust it from there. So that's how we have to get people more comfortable is to feel like they could do it on their own. And a lot of people are intimidated by the kitchen. So how can we help them feel like, you know what, take that step? So for example, I save in the beginning when I, even before the books and all that, I used to save people's stuff and I developed a repertoire of saved. I never actually did anything with them. I would just save it and save it and save. Yeah. I always wonder, do people actually go back? Cause I obviously like, I can see who saves my recipes and I'm like, do people actually go and look at this? Do they print them out? I know you can make albums and folders of things. Um, and that might be newer on Instagram, but I think start, start with that, you know, go on whatever platform you find most inspiring. So for someone that could be Instagram, it could be Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, doesn't matter. It could be a website, 
save anything that seems like you and your family would enjoy. And then every week, maybe make one or two things off of those recipes um, from that saved folder. It's easier to have it written. I know maybe you want to like collect from different people. You can print them out and make your own little binder of your own little kind of recipe book. And then every week, just, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, do what's maybe what's in season, what sounds good to you. If you have a family, take a poll, see what everyone wants to try. Um, But I think just like getting in there. Absolutely. You know, you got to go jump into a freezing cold pool sometimes, but then you warm up. Exactly. And then you get used to it and then you get more confident as well. Um, even with me, I feel like over the years, my recipes and my videos have definitely improved from like way back when I started it. And if you like scroll all the way through my initial Instagram posts in like 2014, it's like day and night compared to what it is now. And obviously I have like room for improvement even where I am right now, but you can see that improvement, you know, through the years. And it's only because I've been doing it for so long and I've been practicing and I've been challenging myself with different aspects of it. Yeah. And you've been consistent. Uh, it's funny. I to answer your question, at least for my purposes, I did save a lot. And when I find that I'm just saving, 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 I say, okay, stop saving and pick one. Like you said, I think people do go back to them, but I think it takes a long time or longer than necessary to actually take that plunge and try it. But anything new is going to feel unfamiliar and a little scary, but and you have to expect that you might mess up or something might burn or it might not taste good. And that's okay because that's part of the learning process. And the whole point of this podcast is wellness oriented. And I try to always keep it real on here and have people understand that all of this is a part of making them better. So even with food, it's such a consistent messaging all around that anything we do for ourselves is only going to benefit us in some way, even if it feels like a setback. Totally. I think that some things take a little bit longer to grasp and, you know, make into a routine, whether it's cooking or any aspect of wellness. Um, but I think that once you get that down, you kind of build that confidence to like try something new. You're like, you know what? I was scared of this and now I have it down. Maybe it was like cooking with a specific ingredient, like I mentioned. Um, and that gives you the confidence to try something new the next week. So it's really, like you said, just like getting in there and starting and not questioning it and knowing that it's okay to mess up. I think maybe lowering your expectations on that first try um, so that if it doesn't work out the way you expected it to, you know, that you can try again and, you know, better any area where you feel like you can better. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it could go anything from feeling something you just feel connected to like, oh, that looked cool. It could be something like, uh, that's always a taste I wanted to try or, or that's a method of cooking I always wanted to do, or, oh, somebody just gave me that as a present. I didn't know <laughs> what to do with it. These days, everything's so accessible, which is such a beauty about your blog and your Instagram is you make it so accessible, which is such a, oh my gosh, like a privilege that we all really have. I hope people understand that you were one, you were one of the first that literally wrote out your entire recipes right on Instagram. You laid it out there. It was no secret. And we're just all so appreciative of that. That was always great. You also have a balance of healthy treats on there too. Um, and I use the healthy term bro- like loosely. And I want us to discuss that a little bit because we're both registered dietitians. And like you said, like we said in the intro, you're an all foods fit approach dietitian. How do you balance that treat aspect with eating well? And what does the important messaging feel important to you so our listeners can try to live by that methodology? Yeah, I think for me, 
it definitely took a few years to get to where I am now. Um, and I've been in a really good place with food. So like I said, I have an all foods fit approach, but it wasn't always like that. I've been through my fair share of like diets and trends and fads and all of that years ago. And once I really started allowing myself to enjoy all foods, you know, and that means pizza, that means ice cream, that means cooking myself, you know, a lighter balanced meal for dinner. Um, then I kind of let go of all those food rules I had in my mind. And I found that I can eat all of those foods in addition to the healthy cooking that I, that I am, you know, showing and sharing. And I still feel good. Um, I think you have to be a little bit more flexible with your diet. If you feel like your rules are so strict to the point where it's holding you back from enjoying your day-to-day life. And that's kind of always what I told clients as well. If you're following a diet and not like a weight loss diet, just like a way of eating. If you're following a way of eating that is getting in the way of your lifestyle, then it's too strict for you. So it's just finding that balance and it takes time. It could take working with a professional. Um, you know, it's just finding the approach that works for you. But, but yeah, I think it's once you find that balance where you physically feel satisfied, but also mentally feel satisfied. That's what I would kind of categorize where I am with. Yeah, I think that's a really nice mind body connection that a lot of people underestimate or kind of wave off as, oh, yeah, okay, but really, you need that connection. And you mentioned the word flexibility, which I think is huge. Um, Flexibility is what makes people anxious that word because they fear a lot of times if I'm flexible, I'm going to lose it, you know, Um, and that is where learning the balance comes from and recognizing that a setback or having a cookie, which isn't even a setback, it isn't, first of all, a setback, right? So that's number one. It doesn't only have to be all super healthy foods. And then when you have a cookie, it's a setback and then it becomes an unraveling cycle. We have to learn how to be flexible in our approaches. Um, So one thing that people have a hard time understanding regarding that is if they eat salads, for example, they view that as I only eat salads when I'm on a diet. And then if they're off their diet, quote unquote, I I never touch a salad. And then they eat pizza every day. And I think people like you and I, if I could speak for you, is because I've seen you, you know, Gal used to work in my office and she always had her little packs of her snacks and her almond-based yogurts. And uh, I think you're the one who introduced me to Kite Hill Farms or we discussed it, which is a non-dairy yogurt. And people have to recognize that getting a, a different mindset first allows that flexibility and that balance because then it's like, I want a salad because I'm in the mood for it. And I want a cookie for snack because I'm in the mood for it. And it feels very natural to do both within one day. Yeah. And I always go back to, you know, children and how they intuitively eat. And, you know, you can give them a plate of a little bit of everything, of a salad, a cookie, a piece of protein, fruit, and they'll just eat what feels good for them. But, you know, the hope is for them to eat everything and not look at one food as better than the other. And they'll stop when they're full and, you know, they'll let you know when they're hungry again. So we kind of want to get back into that, into that intuition of, knowing what we're in the mood for and what's going to satisfy us, satisfy us in that moment. So like you said, a salad, I think a lot of people consider diet food and it can be if it's just, you know, veggies and greens. But if you add a little bit more to that um, and add a little bit more balance, it could be a very well-rounded meal and not have to be categorized as diet. So if you want pizza, you can have pizza. Think of how that pizza will satisfy you 
long-term, not just, you know, for that next hour or so mm-hmm. add a little bit of fiber, add a little bit of protein. So I think taking those foods that people deem bad or unhealthy and adding them to foods that are going to add a little bit more nutritional value is also a big thing uh, because then you don't have to eliminate anything. It's just how you group them together. Yes. And we're going to discuss how you group them together because I don't know if you really recognize this gal, but gal actually saved a wellness retreat that I ran a few years ago. She came. Yeah, we should do a wellness retreat again. You guys could message us if you feel like we should. Um, But I almost broke down because our chef canceled last minute and gal was coming with me anyway. And she's like, don't worry, we got this. I'm like, we? So we didn't got nothing. Gal took over the kitchen and I don't know Gal, not only did you save me and I was so appreciative and it was the best wellness retreat ever. It was in the Berkshires, it was great. But not only that, I got to watch you in the kitchen, which is once you're even huge already, but once you become super famous on Food Network, I'd be like, well, I got to watch Gal in the kitchen because this is what I saw. You were so in your element, you were calm, you were in a zone. You seemed like you really just enjoyed being there for yourself whether I was there or not, you didn't care. Like you were in your element and I'll never forget this moment where I watched you. We were packing lunches to go for the women. We decided to make them salads and Gal took out these bowls that we got and all we had was just a ton of vegetables and whatnot. I think we even had tofu, um, random, what you see at a salad bar, canned tuna and I just watched as she just naturally started putting together salads and I saw it as like layering. You just started layering things on and on and on and made these gorgeous salads out of not many items. And you made some with the tuna as a protein and a different protein. We had like chickpeas. You could even do roasted chickpeas. And from that experience, just so you know, it got me comfortable in the kitchen and I always think of you because I just build like that. I don't overwhelm myself thinking about what the salad is going to look like. I just start. I just start. I just take this bag lettuce. I put it in there. I take a second bag lettuce from Trader Joe's. So one's a kale mix and one's a winter green. And I throw them in a thing. And then I'm like, ah, I have tomatoes. Okay, throw them in. Oh, I have cut up cabbage, you know, the cabbage shredded. Put that in. And I think of you where it just... It's just like, just start, just start somewhere. So how could, if I took that correctly, but your naturalness in the kitchen and building and layering the salads, because I know people are going to say, okay, so then how do I make a salad? It's an overwhelming question. How can I, how can we break that down for them? Like you said, like simplify it, just start. Um, for me, if I know I have a really busy week and I'm not going to be looking to cut lettuce or kale, I just buy the pre-made salad mixes. Um, not necessarily the ones with the dressing, just because I feel like you don't get as many vegetables with that. Um, like they're more expensive for no reason. So get a big bag of pre-cut kale or whatever greens you like. You can even use store-bought dressing if you don't want to make your own. I feel like a lot of times the dressing is the hardest part because the salad doesn't taste exciting like it does at a restaurant because they have like the vinaigrettes and you know the good dressings basically. Um, and don't fear dressings either, right? We can use dressing in our salads, use as much as you would enjoy. We don't want to drench it so that it's still like crunchy, but you want the flavors to come from the actual, um, the actual add-ons in that salad. So choose a base, even if it's pre-cut, add something crunchy, like nuts or seeds, add a protein, like chickpeas, tofu, salmon, chicken, doesn't matter what it is. Um, you can add a little bit of cheese for added flavor. And I like to add some fruit or dried fruit just for some sweetness. So 
I think trying to like hit every category of taste and like um, taste and texture is really simple. It's really easy to incorporate into a salad, but you can also cheat and use like pre-made salad bags. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. These days they actually come super fresh, very clean and super creative. Exactly. And I think step one is also just having those things around. So the way I like to grocery shop is I like to, aside from like the recipes I need to test where I have a list of what I need, I like to just have my basic ingredients at home so that if I don't know what to make, I know I have things that can become a meal. Like you said, like you you have cabbage around, you have the greens, you have this, you have that. You have to have those things. So cabbage is a staple, kale is a staple, carrots, veggies that like will last a little bit longer, celery, um, things like that. Having nuts in my pantry, having dried fruit if I want to toss it on there, having some form of like crumble cheese. And just get those every like week or two and, you know, have some, maybe like a written out recipe of different salad combinations that you enjoy and then change up the dressing. So you can change up the flavor of the salad as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, the shopping was a key point here where you have to actually have this stuff in the house. If you just say add this, this and that, but it's like, okay, but I don't have those things around. What are you buying throughout the week? Um, You know, what's on your list? What do you have around so that it's not wasteful at the end of the week? How many times have we thrown out a bag of like mixed grains and then replace it with a new one in hopes of using it the next week? So you have to use the ingredients that you have, but you also want to be a little bit strategic with what you're buying. And that's why I like like kind of menu planning. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say. Even the grocery shopping is a trial and error experience. And I explain that to clients all the time. And I tell them actually to explore it as an opportunity. If they're first wanting to eat healthy and they don't know what they're doing, I said, you know what? Approach it as an experiment. You know, just have fun with it. Try a bunch of things. Go a little crazy. But trust me, you're going to narrow it down really quickly on the things that you feel work for you. You're going to learn how much you really need to buy and all that kind of stuff. And that's part of that trial and error process too, not just cooking the actual recipes, but shopping for them is a whole other thing. So yeah, in the beginning, we spend a little more than we wanted and all that, and that's hard, but it's also hard not to know how to do it right away if you've never done these things before. Exactly, and I would always go like grocery store happy. Like I love grocery shopping and I would always overbuy until I realized I, I don't need to buy all of this this week. Like this will be here next week when I want it. I don't need four peppers if I'm only going to use one or two throughout the week. Like it's only me and my husband here. So, and we come from a bigger family. So it's just harder. Like our fridge is always filled with like bags of veggies and fruits, but we were a lot of people. Um, So it takes a little bit of an adjustment period of figuring out what works for, you know, the amount of people in your house and what you actually work through, what you end up preparing for that week. Um, And yeah, trial and error, but just like kind of starting somewhere and figuring it out as you go. Yeah, I think you also started bringing up menu planning. That also reminded me with prepping certain foods that are helpful. And that also helps how you shop for them too. So it all comes back to that. But I, for example, one of the easiest starchy vegetables that could count towards a carbohydrate or just be a really great plant-based option or high fiber uh, and just super tasty is butternut squash, which you could easily find in most stores these days already cut. I don't know who's sitting there with a knife cutting that up, but you do not need to whoever's doing that. They have that everywhere. You're not being any healthier by doing that unless you want to, but um, you don't have to. And unless there's a cost uh, reasoning for it. But that's one that I make every Monday because I could throw that, like you said, layering that in the salad. I could just have that as a part of my dinner and I usually do. So speak a little bit more about the menu planning aspect and how people can start incorporating that even when it comes to food prep. Because when I hear, oh, meal prep, I get anxious. I'm like, no, I don't sit there all day Sunday cooking for my week. I don't know what I want to eat on Thursday. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think the meal prepping is so different for everyone. There are people who need to have all of their Tupperwares with food ready to go. And that is perfectly fine if that works for you. For me, it doesn't obviously because I develop recipes throughout the week. Um, Sometimes I'll do that for like my husband's lunches. So I don't have to worry about that. But meal planning can just be, this is what I want to make this week. And these are the ingredients I need for those recipes. And then you kind of make them as the days go on. Or you can batch cook, which I love doing because you basically will have a bunch of ingredients ready to go in the fridge. And throughout the week, you can assemble them in so many ways. So I usually will choose like two carb sources. So it could be maybe like brown rice and, you know, sweet potatoes or butternut squash. Um, I'll do some veggies. So it could either be a mix of roasted veggies or I'll have like cut up greens for a salad. And then I'll do some like roasted peppers, broccoli and carrots. Um, and then for proteins, depends. For tofu, I don't mind prepping them ahead. For salmon or chicken or anything like that, I'd rather prepare it fresh. So maybe I'll just, you know, let it marinate in something in the fridge and then grill it when I'm ready to eat it. But if you have those things ready, it's much easier to make a well-balanced meal because you don't have to worry about cooking the rice. Sorry, you don't have to chop up the veggies. Um, You don't have to really think about what's the carb, what's the veggie, what's the protein. You have all that in the fridge but you can eat it, eat it in any way you are in the mood for that week. Like throw it on a wrap, throw it over a salad, have a rice bowl, add different sauces and part, you know, most of the work is done, but you're not stuck eating the same thing Monday through Friday. Yeah. I I've actually never referred to it as batch cooking, but <laughs> I know a lot of people do that and it's so, helpful. I do that, but that is exactly what I do. And then already by Wednesday, you start layering on your foods. You kind of are hardly even cooking fresh. Like you said, maybe you would just add a fresh protein, but you're pulling from leftovers from that week because you quote unquote batch cooked. It's yeah, just- you're ready to go. There's something to think about. And you can even do it so that you have it up until Wednesday. And then Wednesday to Friday, um, you maybe make some newer things or you had something else in mind, something frozen. You do takeout. You just factor that all into your week. You kind of don't have to think about it anymore. Even the takeout, like I will plan if we're doing takeout that week so that I know that I maybe I'm recipe testing something sweet or some dessert or not, you know, something savory for dinner if I know we're going to eat out. So it takes a little bit of planning, but I think it saves you so much time throughout the week and probably money on groceries as well if you know exactly what you need and how much of it. Yeah. And especially that trial and error period of you recognizing how much you need to cook for your family and all that, it you could either freeze it or you could use it as this batch cooking concept if you're thinking, oops, I made too much. Okay, so repurpose it. I think a lot of people are feeling the need to always be cooking something new. And yeah, we don't want to eat the same thing every day, all day, eggs every day, because that's just what they know. And that's just what they do. And I have so many clients who say, no, really, I'm fine eating the same thing every day. And I get it. And it's okay. It's okay. But there's an in-between there too, where you don't have to eat the same thing every day, but you don't also have to make something fresh and new and exciting every single day. Yeah, I agree. And I always think, because I my job is to create recipes, I always wonder, how would I eat if this wasn't my job? Like, would I be eating the same thing every day? Would I still be getting creative? And like you said, it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to like go through cookbooks every night to figure out what you're having. I think, again, if you're planning ahead and you have your staple recipes that you know work for you and your family and you enjoy making them, maybe once or twice that week, you try something new. So that you also change it up. And then you can decide if that's something that you want to continue making. Or maybe it wasn't for you and you try something new, you know, the next week. So I think it's just um, exploring other options, websites, Instagram, TikTok, getting inspiration from other sources, friends, family, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And 
just challenging yourself in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. I always start out more of the back to school season with showing a lot of my dinners again, like getting into that routine. And then it trickles off and it doesn't trickle off intentionally. It's just because that becomes my routine. There's salmon on Monday. There's meatballs or tacos on Tuesday. We have a routine. I have six kids. Yeah, like this is this is what we do. But even with kids, they would tell you when they want to change it up. And then you're like, Oh, shucks. Okay, now we're going back in the kitchen, and we're experimenting. Um, or like you said, I, a lot of times my Monday schedule to be a little bit calmer. So that would be my experimental day. Let's do something cool and creative in the kitchen. Thursdays are my long client days. And I'm like, No, we're doing grilled chicken, even sometimes store bought and a salad that I really I make big batches talk about batches. I do have batch like salads a lot um already made and i'm done so i think also it is like you said about being flexible is flexible in your routine and recognizing when you want to push the limits a little bit and when you feel like i need this to just be easy but i want to eat well i want to feel good with what i'm eating and knowing how to balance the two i agree i think there's nothing wrong with routine um if you have a routine and certain recipes that work for you and they're repetitive that is perfectly fine I always say, just try to get variety with like the fruits and the vegetables, different colors have different nutrients, obviously. So maybe try to play around with those throughout the week, but there's nothing wrong with eating the same thing day after day. If that's what works for you and you feel satisfied and you feel good from it. It's mostly for the people who feel like they're eating repetitively. And then, like you said, it starts becoming like eggs and just foods that don't satisfy them mentally. Like they will satisfy them physically if you're having the right balance, but they just don't feel good after they they're still hungry or they kind of feel lost. So, right. And a lot of times those people might say, okay, so forget it. I'll eat pizza every day. What we're, what we would want to show is there's an in-between. Why don't you change up your lettuce? You know, why don't you add a crunch into your salad? Like you said, like pick apart everything you mentioned earlier about what you want to have in a salad, like things that you can do, crunchy things, sweet things, whatever, dried fruit, people overestimate or underestimate the value of just changing one small item in something to be the judge they needed to shake up to make them excited again. Yeah. Even adding like fun foods. I remember when I worked with clients, I would always say, go to the grocery store, get what you need, and then allow yourself like one or two fun foods. For me, that's like the freezer section in Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. I'll get the soft-baked pretzels, just like things that I can add to a meal that would otherwise be like, eh, you know, kind of like boring, just like salmon and a side of something. We'll have a side of mozzarella sticks with it. Like that's fun. I don't make that on my own just because I can buy it easily from the store. So that's also a fun way to, um, to just elevate your meals that seem a little bit repetitive and it takes no work on your part. It's already made and frozen. You just stick them in the oven. So don't be Yeah, worried. absolutely. And you could still work that into a balanced meal, especially if like we're saying, the alternative is you feeling like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing the salad. It's, you can actually just go a little bit out on a limb and incorporate something that's just like you said, fun. I like how you phrased it, fun, right? Uh, something that's just fun and incorporate that in some sort of balanced way. I always just told people like how you said all foods fit. I literally mean fit it, meaning helping people anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Helping people with that flexibility is, is asking them to evaluate what they're eating and try to find the place that it fits quote unquote in a way that makes sense to them. And if they just do that, it always feels like it's in some sort of, I hate the word control, but some sort of guideline that feels right to them and it won't go overboard. Yeah. I remember even by when I was working with you, we used to do the plate method, Um, especially with kids and teaching them like, this is 
what a balanced plate looks like. It might look different, you know, with the amounts for everybody, but these are the food groups that you want to hit and we can fit those fun foods into those food groups. That's perfectly fine. Um, but the way I see it is you have to see, you have to look at what that food is providing and ask yourself, okay, is this going to satisfy me on its own? And if it's not really satisfying, I would maybe change that to like a snack, but for a meal, you want to have a little bit more balance. So, you know, add that food, whatever it may be to something that does have a little bit more nutritional value. So like you said, just fit it onto your plate in any way you want, but it, it does add a nice change from the usual meals. Absolutely. So if we had to wrap this up, how do you feel like we can help others get comfortable in the kitchen again? Like what kind of message can we leave them with that just gets them started? They hear this, they get inspired and they just go and do it. Yeah. They're like, all right, I'm ready to meal prep. I think start small, um, set yourself small goals week to week, whether that be, I want to have breakfast consistently every morning. Um, you know, I want to cook dinner every night this week, set a small goal, try to hit that goal that week, see how you feel, see if there's anything that you would change. And if you felt good with it and you felt like you had a good routine, set another goal the week after. So like we mentioned initially is first just starting off and, you know, going right for it, get in the kitchen and get creative with it. But I think set small goals that you can hit and track at the end of the week and then add on top of that. So kind of like habit stacking. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes along with the layering idea, which I really learned from you. And I see it through you where, and that could be how you do it is because you think of something small first, but the small steps lead to bigger ones. Even if it's physically layering your lettuces and your salads, it could actually be actionable, bigger steps too, not just mental steps. It's not a race. I think just you can set yourself a big goal of, you know, whatever it may be, and then set small goals that'll help you achieve that, but in a more practical way and a way that will fit into your lifestyle. I always tell people your, your lifestyle and your diet is so different compared to the next person. Do what works for you and just focus on like your path. And you'll notice how it just comes a little bit to you. Um, when you stop comparing and stop trying to do what another person's doing that might work for them. Exactly. And to recap, we've discussed how to start getting comfortable into the kitchen, how to shop for groceries, how to deal with setbacks and how to do what works for you, how to start making salads and other other healthy food items and just try to fit all foods, which is what your approach really is. So tell us what's coming up next for you. How can we follow you? What could we look forward to from something nutritious? Um, so you can follow me at something nutritious on Instagram and TikTok. All my recipes are on my website, somethingnutritiousblog.com. And so working on like new recipes, hopefully a cookbook in the future. That's my next like long-term goal. Um, and so even that's like a long-term, long-term goal. And my smaller goals are continuing to create recipes to get to that point and making connections with people. So yeah. I love the consistency. I mean, that's the thing with wellness, right? Even in cooking and food, it all boils down to all areas of your life. And that's our point here on this podcast. So I thank you so much for coming on. We will follow you there and look forward to your cookbook one day. That's exciting. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Don't forget to tune in for more episodes on Spotify and be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mindfulhealthpod.com for more wellness tips and ideas.